0: Welcome to the people on K-Chunk, 1630 AM. I'm Ben
1: White. And I'm Matthew Timmons. Our guests today are John Zane Zappas and Lindsay
0: Preston Zappas. John Zane Zappas is a sculptor living in Los Angeles, whose current exhibition, New Statues, at Outside Gallery, which is a general project of Insert Blanc Press, runs through April 5th, 2015. We'll be
2: talking with John about his work and his role as co-director of Hammock Gallery. I think you should be able to look at something and revel in its beauty and wonder and also be deeply troubled by its uh, conceptual underpinnings, or maybe not troubled, but at least engaged in that way. Also joining
1: us is Lindsay Preston Zappas, an artist and writer living in Los Angeles. She'll be discussing Contemporary Art Review Los Angeles, the online and print quarterly that she founded and which launches in April of this year.
3: The whole mission of the project is to create publication that's supporting primarily uh, critical art writing and review writing about current uh, contemporary art shows in Los Angeles. I mean, the name kind of says it, and then it spells Carla. It's just the best.
0: The People features the voices and ideas that make up the cultural landscape of Los Angeles, the West Coast, and beyond on Keichung, 1630 a.m., every third Sunday at 3 p.m it's like a broken record magically repaired you can
1: listen to the people on the live stream at kchungradio.org that's k K-C-H-U-N-G radio.org or you can find us on itunes by searching for the people radio
0: we're hosted by Insert Blanc press go to insertblancpress.net and click on the people at the top of the page to find out more
1: john zane zappas and Lindsay preston zappas welcome to the people yeah welcome guys
0: thanks so much yeah it's great to be here Awesome. So maybe we could start by you, Lindsay, telling us about your currently happening endeavor, Carla, or... Carla. <laughs> Do you tell? Um,
3: so Carla is actually an acronym, a very cute one, um, Contemporary Art Review Los Angeles. Um, so this is essentially a publication project I'm starting. It's going to be an online contemporary art magazine and also a quarterly print publication. Um so, I'd been running the site called Carrots and Sticks for a couple of years and really loved working with artists and being able to publish critical articles and the more we've started to get embedded in Los Angeles, we've been here for almost two years now. Um, I started to get very excited about the networks here and supporting the conversation in this sort of regional uh way and so it was just going to be an online, but the more I started kind of concepting it, I got very excited about the print and newsprint and what a publication, printed publication sort of implies. Um, and, and so essentially at this point, I'm sort of trying to separate the two. So the online and the quarterly are going to have sort of different sets of information. Um, but the whole mission of the project is to create... Publication that's supporting primarily uh, critical art writing and review writing about current uh, contemporary art shows in Los Angeles. I mean, the name kind of says it, and then it spells Carla. It's just the best. But um, <laughs> but uh, and we're also gonna do a lot of critical essays, uh, interviews.
1: When does Carla launch?
3: So Carla's gonna launch in the spring. We're gonna do late late April. Stay tuned. Twenty fifteen. Uh, Twenty fifteen. It's a big year. Um, But I've been so overwhelmed by the response that I've gotten from writers, artists, um, really embedded art writers that I respect in Los Angeles, just being super receptive to the need for this project in Los Angeles and uh, being on board with it. And what
0: is that need? I know you were speaking earlier off mic about it doing something that maybe other online art magazines don't do. Yeah. So what it, what will it do?
3: Yeah, so uh, the mission is to keep it very uh, kind of populous, if that makes sense. I want to I wanna have a sort of uh, more global art dialogue, but also essentially keep it very critical, honest, open, and bring criticality to the Los Angeles art community. Um, I think that's something that, really kind of drives a, a healthy art environment a healthy art discourse and, um, keeping an element of criticality into the conversation. And there's excellent writers, tons of excellent writers in Los Angeles. Um, but I feel like the outlets for a sort of centralized, uh, conversation and, and critical dialogue is, is a bit lacking. Um, you know, there's a lot of larger publications that have art sections, art reviews kind of mixed in, There's some awesome sort of historical projects that are really fascinating. Um, But yeah, essentially just kind of that void of having a centralized place for a critical art discourse and specifically critical art reviews on contemporary shows.
0: And you've got some names attached to it already, right?
3: So yeah, I like I said, I have been talking to a lot of art writers and artists, and everyone's been super supportive. We have Jonathan Griffin on the project, Catherine Wagley, Travis Dahl will be writing. Uh, I also have Mateo Tanat selling ad space for me, but also... Professional. Uh, yeah, way chill. And then also he's going to kind of curate this photo series for me. It's going to be called Artists by Artists. Working title. Don't hold me to it, but uh, essentially, it's going to be a portrait series. That ar- an artist will take a photo portrait series of another artist and kind of use liberties in the style to to have it be a sort of um, photographic series.
0: Well, I read on your the mission the mission statement.
3: Mission statement. Yeah,
0: we'll say the mission statement that that you sent to us. There was and fill this out for me, but there was something about the way that. Uh, the online version is going to come out versus the print version where it sort of stays, it stays in LA for a little bit before it goes. Yes.
3: Yes. 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 That, I thought that was really yeah. interesting mm-hmm, and important. Mm-hmm.
0: What What's the deal with that?
3: Yeah. So the initial distribution plan. Um, so like I said, we'll have the online, uh, which is going to be kind of shorter, quicker pieces. Uh, we're going to be posting to start off three or four times a week. Um, and then the, the print is going to be sort of more involved feature essays. And the initial distribution is going to be through galleries, art stores, art museums, you know, just very local um, distribution through kind of art related businesses. And uh, we're going to hold that from the web until the next quarterly releases. So it's going to mm-hmm. give Los Angeles a sort of proprietary uh, feel for those pieces. Like they can kind of own that content before it hits the web and kind of potentially travels into space.
0: <laughs> and what, what do you think is good? I mean, it tell me what you think is, is good or important about that, about giving Los Angeles that proprietariness.
3: Yeah, before
0: it goes out to everyone else.
3: Yeah, I mean, in one way, it gives potentially people ownership over the project. They can feel like it's something that's about their city that they can relate to. Um, But also, I feel like Los Angeles is in an immense time of growth and change right now. Um, There's a lot of international galleries moving here, artists from New York. are, You know, it's just there's a lot of kind of influx into the city. And I do feel like Los Angeles is on this sort of national and global radar. Uh, And so being able to kind of own Los Angeles as the starting point of this thing, and tell the rest of the world they got to wait a little bit, you know, I think that that just helps to sort of enforce Los Angeles as a major art city. And sort of can uh, establish that ethos here.
0: Because we are, but we're also we kind of not. Because we're not <laughs> New York, right? Yeah. Like there's a weird thing that goes on Yeah, but on there. that's
3: why it's so exciting. And that's why I think the time for this project is now. And it's perfect timing, I think. Because there is that sort of plasticity to the Los Angeles art scene. It is growing and moving and you know, there's so many project spaces and performance spaces and, gal- you know, there's so much weird shit happening here. It's fantastic. And I think because we're sort of scrappy and under the radar, there's room for all of that uh, and room for that growth and sort of room for people to just, just try things, you know?
1: And do you, I mean, since you're doing print and web, it's a yes. kind of just a way to like literally have you know, to give print its moment, you know? Print
3: its moment, yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, like I said, it was originally going to start as a online endeavor because that's what I had sort of been doing the last two years on the Project Carrots and Sticks, Right. Uh, doing daily posts on there. Um, and the more I started thinking about the whole mechanism of this thing and what it was going to look like, I got really excited about print. And, uh, you know, again, feeling like there's certain type of content that... Um, I mean, to be honest, on carrots and sticks, my old website, uh, the average view time was like a minute and a half or something, you know, so I sort of took that to heart. And I feel like there's a separation that can happen of sort of these longer invested feature articles. And print is just something that will never die as much as people say it Well, you know, it's tactile, it's familiar, and you can really sit down and spend time with a piece. Versus the internet where there's hyperlinks and other tabs open and your friends g-chatting you in the corner and it's, it's just a mess. <laughs> but and it's a lovely a, mess. People and are
2: so uh, quick to jump to claims mm. about the role of technology in the internet and yeah. print being, you know, passe, cetera. But we were all there at the book fair this year, the LA Art Book Fair. And and there was an impressive amount of exhibitors and also people coming through. So you know, I I think that's always really just short-sighted, like uh, yeah. you know, criticism yeah. or jumping to a conclusion about something. Right. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was I was gonna say that another
0: thing that struck me as interesting about the way that it's going to be structured is yeah, not, is that there's going to be different sort of exactly. levels of writing, like big exactly. sort of long essays, but also yeah. what really excited me was that I mean, I'm gonna read the long ones too. <laughs> But the sort of short, relatively short reviews. Yeah, Yeah, like 200 word reviews of shows that just opened. So this is
3: really exciting. This is sort of like a brainchild I'm really excited about. And again, I feel like a broken record. But the two contents, the online, sort of appropriate for the web. So it's quicker, shorter. Um, So this idea called Snap Reviews, where essentially I'm going to ask all my contributors to sign up and, and I'll contribute to this where, you know, they go to the shows over the weekend that are just opening that weekend. And then by Sunday, they submit to me 200 words, really quick, just kind of snap judgments on that show. And then on the Tuesday following, I'll be posting hopefully about four or five of these, um, and then also emailing them out to people. So I feel like that will be a really immediate and quick way for people to kind of gain this really quick uh, viewpoint of, of what's happening and hopefully inform their decision to go see something or just get them excited and and it's fast. It easy. seems
2: really necessary. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because know, we, people want to go camping some weekends. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> or they want to go they want to go see shows, but our city is gigantic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. You can, so, and you yeah. can't go see them all. And, and that, the six yeah. to eight opening is yeah. just the most right. confusing
2: yeah. thing and, to
1: me. Thanks, Santa Monica. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Right. Well, and your, and your Instagram already, you've been, I mean, you've already been doing kind of some of what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. like getting, it seems like you are at everything already.
3: Yeah, no, I've been pushing that. That's something I learned through this past project that the social media is real. (laughs) That's a real thing. And you know, this project that I'm sort of, I'm trying to round all the bases is that a thing? Did I sure. Write? Okay, I'm yeah. rounding the bases. Uh, but I'm really kind of taking my time planning it and, and uh, making sure I kind of have the ducks in the row before I jump in. And social media exists. That's something that I can do now. Uh, and another thing on the website is going to be this weekend in L.A. calendar that I had on carrots and sticks as well. Um, essentially it's a curated list of shows. I mean, there's some amazing art listings happening in Los Angeles, but my list is going to be curated towards shows that I might go to or would like to see and, and, you know, have a a sentence or two kind of quick description of what, you know, fortune telling into what the show might be. So again, it's a sort of quick.
0: So I'll be able to not deal with the mess that you is the ha- facebook yeah event i'll
3: do the research okay great. you can sit back have a beer <laughs> way easier you know Thanks. you deserve it <laughs> i
0: totally do um
1: where can we find the site yeah, and like
3: right okay yeah. carla remember the name uh but the url for the project is contemporaryartreview.la L.A., which apparently is also Laos, but Los Angeles is claiming it <laughs> these days. So exciting. Um, I'm sure and, there's some cool stuff going on right, in Laos absolutely. as well. Yeah. Um, I have a few other social media links. Uh, the Instagram, again, is contemporaryreview.la. Facebook Contemporary Art Review Los Angeles.
1: And right now you could uh, you can go to the website and like get on yes. a, the email list or something exactly. right? Yes. Yes, I've already done it. Yeah. Which is another wait.
3: really exciting thing I'm working with some amazing designers. So you can see their work preliminary work on the splash page. Really beautiful. Yeah, the page identity looks system. great. Yeah. The page
0: looks like easy to yeah. navigate and yeah, That's I the whole I goal. Wait.
3: I, I want to make this super transparent. I don't want it to be cryptic. I want everybody to kind of be able to understand it and just keep it real. Keep it honest. Uh,
0: I don't want to have to think all week. I just yes. want Friday to come. Yes. And I want to look on that and then know what I have to do. It's perfect. <laughs> this is perfect for you. It's We'll return to our conversation with John Zane Zappas and Lindsay Preston Zappas in a few minutes. But first, a new installment of Notes from the People.
1: This episode, we'll hear a reading from Michael Smoller. He affectionately refers to himself as an poet, though he has lived in Los Angeles for the past decade, and is currently an associate director at Blum & Poe. His most recent publication is Pieces of Water, published in 2013 by the Insert Blanc Parrot Series. This recording is from a reading at Insert Blanc Press this past September 19th, 2014.
4: Um, thanks for everybody coming out tonight. It's a good-looking crowd. I think convention questions someone like me. That's the title. I think convention questions someone like me. The uncanny demands of freedom are constantly resting in the current state of my palm. The choice is uncomfortable when heartbreak encapsulates the, sol- the small sum of acceptance What will happen is what happens. Arms out. My darkness is in recession. It is actually bankrupt. My muddy floods, a hill slope of process. I surrender to the mystery of language, to the elite rule of my greedy ineptitude. Small temptations crashed without knowing between my ears, roots and branches drones and meshworms things change things fall apart outside the volunteered past where the stars displace the lying voices window into heaven the mind i want enormous like a room minimal and new white as the glow of oxygen with a bookcase full of science fiction and non a psychic coffee plant growing in one corner, a few photos of outer space decorating the otherwise empty walls, one unlit match and a half-burnt coconut candle in another corner for ambiance, a writing desk and a grand piano for sustained concentration, a shrine for nothing, some simple view vast as Iceland's shoreline where wishes meet the light of an opaque sun reflecting an antidote to entertainment this one's titled the fifth precept which is um i think there's a, there's either eight or ten precepts buddhist precepts which are uh things that you do to limit your behavior and the fifth precept is um is with all due respect to anyone who alters themselves uh by uh, whatever means the fifth precept is is to not alter yourself and to just be awake without um additives the fifth precept my deprivation a starched awakeness a genie unlocked from its bottle the Sun breaks my crepuscular heart when I forget the principle of contradiction the division of gold and silver so typically counterfeited with a room to elude face value The ghostly comings and goings, the sweet ambivalence of cows, a mountain's slow amnesia, pigments in the dark, or a sunrise bursting green. Some days the mirror says, the sun ain't gonna shine no more, but there has never been any proof of this so far. Today there is light, let it in. This one's titled, I Am With You, I Am With Me. Silently polite, the cherry blossoms reflect off the windows of a fur coat shop. Invisible blindness visibly daggers, the main story fills the center of the page. I gaze to gaze alone, my eyes exclaim omens at it all. Being real, you allow me to really be the people of the universe I am with you. Looking into a brightness and unveiling, our morning's handed to us, and you are not me, nothing short of a miracle. Of course, is what the voice says, Of course, is what the voice says, Of course. Listen instead, I don't want to waste any more time. Land in the cup, smoke in the room, the fight in your life at the end of the day. E is for elephant and the hero in the white hat who drove his father's car into the sun. Any vile poet hates to be furious and loves to be accused of having poisoned a flying horse. If the brain is filled with maggots, I should not continue this business. I should forget that I ever wrote. The kings were defeated in the midst of temptation carried away by the opinions of others. At the same time, Pluto was a girl of 18, most sincerely gone to heaven. And this one's called Promise in a Minefield. Again, once more. For the last time i swear i've come to know one day i will before long never again other places to be how i wish holding my face in the winter or any season could bring back an unencumbered monument to a horizon dotted with letters of liberty somewhere between fifth century drinking vessels and an eames era wall clock i found an idol walking up the street away from the throbbing fatigue of protest. I was busy trying to find the fashion disparity between clowns and cowboys, which at the same time seemed more bewitching than prepping for disaster preparedness day. Riot police waited, wearing green from head to toe, armed in the slow pace of a slightly modest town. A neglected backdrop of hippie militants in the placid atmosphere of slow decline, shouting and garbled graffiti. I read the writing on the wall the all-or-nothing stare of a smoking stranger at a vandalized bus stop gazing past the cemetery at a moose in someone's backyard neon red arrows pointed to the nearest exit poets for peace we silenced ourselves and went our own ways part-time jobs aa meetings not-for-profit profiteering the bookstore the only bookstore nursing school the ukulele the big apple longmont poland Boiling beets in a city built for saints. This title is. Um, this title is. We believe in believing in belief, which is something that um, I don't know if you guys, some of you guys, know this philosopher writer Zizek, who um, was in town. You were there, right, Matt, at the library. Justin was there. Yeah. You You guys check this guy out. He's crazy. Um, but he was talking about belief and what is it we believe in believing in belief I believe in the attractiveness of warmth because the sun rises like I want language to arrive a constant source the crown of my possessions a string of words more precious than everything but prayer the shepherd's haunted life following every word to its own distance but when will I cease to despair the gold in my life refining itself The book of appearances, the book of reappearances, a star-headed, rusty-hearted, broken-faucet garbage body dancing shoeless in flower while wearing brown trousers and a magenta tie. What a beautiful juggler. My words go tunnel, a blind correspondence. I want them to steal themselves from the silence and fly in a prescient sky, stripping men of their banknotes. Ye old red sun, screw healing. Imagination is where the magic is.
0: Now let's return to our conversation with John Zane Zappas and Lindsay Preston Zappas.
2: So John, tell us about Hammock Gallery. Hammock Gallery is a new endeavor. Uh, so when we moved to L.A. a couple years ago, uh, we were looking very intensely for spaces. And part of the draw of this city is, is all of the space that it has available to an artist as the recession started this sort of real estate apocalypse in most other cities, <laughs> um, you know, LA seemed to be more and more appealing. So we came out here, we were looking for stuff and we found this space that, uh, it, it was 3000 square feet downtown and we, uh, had some other friends who had just moved out. And so we seized it and uh, built out studios, et cetera, but we also incorporated drywall people. Yeah. Sanding forever. <laughs> um, but we also incorporated some gallery spaces into it and, uh, have been running, shows out of there. Since October we had our first show. Uh, it was Haynes Riley. Um, and then our second show was in January. We had uh, Ash for Lido a Brooklyn-based artist. And then we had um, this recently, like, last weekend? When was it? Book we, for a weekend. Book for a weekend. Yeah, last weekend.
3: Craziness. Uh, yeah. Uh, we had an exciting proposal from a friend of ours we had gone to graduate school with at Cranbrook Academy of Art. Karina Reynolds, who runs Small Editions Bindery Book Press in New York. And so she proposed to do a show kind of concurrent with the Book Fair, had a couple artists. And view Cheryl Oppenheim.
2: Yeah. So that's what we've had going on so far. And um, basically the idea with it is we're we were kind of shooting for just an artist run space, sort of a salon environment, very casual where we get to, you know, use this space as a way to uh, give an opportunity to somebody who's mostly like not based in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. to That's come here the mode, and, yeah. and be able to uh, engage with the community here in some way. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the shows have gone to, uh, like we said, the first one was Haynes Riley, and he's, um, just a quick shout out to him, he runs a great gallery in Little Rock called Goodweather who I've worked with him in the past, um, goodweathergallery.com. You should check it out. And That's he's in Arkansas? Arkansas, yeah. Little, Little Rock, Rock, Arkansas. So it's a sort of geographically isolated project, but the website is an amazing document of what and he's been up to for the last few years. Go I ahead. should
3: mention, he's my designer for Carla. Right. So he's, right. doing, he's going to be doing the print publication and then working with Guillaume Bacher, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, uh, who helps him with the web. So yeah, anyway, Haynes Riley. He's... A Renaissance and man.
1: He's also, I mean, he's also going to be designing your book, John. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's going to be coming out on Block. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Exactly.
2: Yeah. Um, Haynes is a individual we've worked with a lot on, on different little projects. He, uh, we met him in graduate school as well, and um, he's somebody who I guess like ourselves there has a sort of a generosity and approach to like these sort of artist run projects and. He's run his gallery for several years and given good opportunities and uh, to many, many talented artists and mm-hmm. put on a lot of great shows. It's been a really positive thing. And he's currently based in Minneapolis. But anyways, we had him out first and then we had... Um, a really amazing artist, Ash Lido out, and she was the second show from Brooklyn. And then this one from also like the Bindery right. that was based in Brooklyn, small yeah, edition. Yeah. So, But the idea too, yeah. so
3: we have two other roommates where we live with Erica Mahine, who's another artist, and, and then her fiance, Rocco Romero, who's a chef. And so the idea was that the four of us would kind of take turns rotating and curating the opportunities. Um, so we're only three and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she has
2: some really exciting... Sh- Erica has a show lined up for this summer mm-hmm. that's really exciting, a mm-hmm. performance, performance uh, yeah. from these two Kansas City-based artists. You got um, dates on that? It'll be a lecture. Uh, it'll be out June, on the website. We have June. a Tumblr. It's hammockgallery.tumblr.com. And um, then, yeah, it'll be sometime in June. It's going to mm-hmm. be a performance like a TED Talk, um, but there's going to be a twist. So, <laughs> you know, stay tuned for that for sure. <laughs> well, I feel yeah. like I ask... Every single guest on this show, the same question, but I
0: want to know, like, can you guys sort of locate yourself in, like, in Los Angeles as an artist run space? And Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. What what you're doing that other people are doing the same, or you guys are doing it different, or where you think you fall in that spectrum of... Uh, artist-run space yeah. spaces all the way up to
2: to Lum and Poe or whatever. Absolutely, <laughs> I want to crawl on a micro soapbox soap reel space. here oh, please, and, please. and talk about just you know our experience in in Los Angeles and artist-run spaces. It's very exciting place to be in terms of the amount of activity, but it can be very difficult to discern you know what you can afford to spend your time like checking out et cetera. Um, but one thing that I found very frustrating in, in sort of like seeking all this out as a newcomer to the city is that there's a lot of um, walls erected in vagueness and deliberate ambiguity in terms of what the spaces are about or what they might be doing. And I find that very off putting. And so uh, one thing that just to you know answer your question slightly is with the Hammock Gallery, I wanted it to be, you know, a, a sort of open and welcoming environment where the um, press release information was clear where it was clear what we were trying to do. It wasn't gonna be a confusing, weird room where you walk in and somebody looks at you funny. It was just gonna be uh, a more relaxed thing in our home. and. Um we just wanted to have some art and, and look at it and have people see it and talk about it. And it's very basic in that way, you know. But it's
3: also sort of a selfish way for us to get some of our good friends in town that we just miss and want to spend yeah. time with. I mean, honestly. We would be um,
2: misrepresenting the truth if yeah, we didn't.
3: Yeah, and, yeah. And so it's an opportunity to get them out here spend time with them and also get a Los Angeles art audience looking at their work uh, and, you know, just... I think all our stuff, it's all people to people, and with Carla and these projects, and we've done, you know, curation projects in the past, and I think we're both very interested in just kind of fostering community, mm-hmm. although we are both individual artists and have our own practices as well, but, uh Yeah. The, the People town, podcast. Yeah. The People. Yeah. No, <laughs> bring the people. the people. Yeah. yeah. People. But it's I mean it sounds like you
0: guys are positioning positioning mm-hmm. yourself in like in the the artist run space model that that is so prolific here. Mm-hmm. Where you, you, right have, you have you yeah. have like
1: your you it's like I mean what's great about your space too is that you're looking at art in the gallery space but there's there's something that about like Having studios mm-hmm. right next to the gallery mm-hmm. space—that right. yeah. like to be mystical about it, or on some level, it's like there's work going on here. It's not yeah. just yeah. like it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's That's and, true. And, and you guys have the clean white cube thing going on totally. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: but it's like it feels like a yeah. you know there's about a, four inches of drywall between mm-hmm. the like white yeah. cube and where like yeah. work is being made. Yeah, you know, so yeah, that is a very mm-hmm. important point. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've been deliberate about locating the project in a very like zone that's very close to artists Mm -hmm. and and i think that's important to me uh when we came to los angeles there's some really scary people in the art world here (laughs) who we've come across and it's just like you know i i don't feel like i'm going out on a limb saying that it's just you know we wanted to have a an environment that was maybe just a little bit more focused on people who who were there for the work and not there Mm To, yeah. to talk about something that is not the work yet. yeah
3: and there's you know a couple cats roaming around we've got records yeah. on you know people you know we try to just keep it hashtag open. vibes patrol vibes patrol that's john
0: it's a proprietary <laughs> hashtag proprietary <laughs> hashtag
3: yeah um
0: but there's i mean but there's a thing about yeah it's it's a good space that sort of space and spaces like like elephant you know, like, like a vista, yeah, vista places yeah. like that yeah, yeah. like it is a place where you can go like you say and like it's about the work mm-hmm. but i would say i would disagree with you in another in a way where it's like it's also about like hanging out oh absolutely
2: you know? yeah, and, yeah. Like, absolutely. and the social space is sociality reality yeah. that comes mm-hmm. up yeah. yeah i think that you know that All of this is a little, you know, in this, in a very large sense, in terms of like any sort of engagement with an artistic community is sort of a foil for that human to human relationship, which is not an opinion that everyone shares. And I find that to be very disorienting. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think that that's at the core of a lot of our interest in being involved here is that it is it's it's ultimately becomes about the conversation you can have with somebody off the street who came in there that day. Because right. it looked like a welcoming and interesting thing going on. So, mm-hmm. yeah. or even people, and again,
0: I feel like we talk about this all the time, but it's a thing that should be talked about. Uh, is you know, Los Angeles is a giant city. Mm-hmm. Uh, even people that you know who are artists who are doing things that you're interested in, you don't get to see them as much as Absolutely. you do other places. So you- and, it's a fact.
3: And there's something different about the environment of a home. I mean, you know, we do have a quote-unquote kind of white wall space, but it's it's a little scrappy, you know? And like I said, it's also in our house and the couches around. And um, there's a sort of... Uh, vibe again vibes patrol uh there's sort of a relaxed candor to that whole thing that you don't necessarily get when you're at blum and poe to use your example where you just you know go in look at the thing say what's up to your friend obligatory chit chat for a minute move on to go see the next thing you know for the most part people hang out for a little while and there's that relaxation sort Mm -hmm. of thing i don't know it's it's all part of
2: I Another guess. very small way we try and push against an established thing in the in the LA art world is just the warm tequates. Just <laughs> yeah. t- tired of Who that, needs it? Who so needs we try it? to do something different every time. And we had juice at one opening, and you know we had cocktails at the other. But we just we're trying to not have the warm bucket of Tecates. So at the very least, <laughs> it's good call. It's not simpler I agree times. with you. Yeah, like, simpler. yeah. simpler times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just trying to step it up at at least on that refreshment yeah. side sure. of things. Yeah. <laughs> So, I want to also talk,
1: uh Lindsay. I want us to talk a little bit about your work
3: sure, yeah, like
1: because we we're we're talking all about like the kind of projects you guys work projects. on projects, but again, we're all artists here sure, as well, yeah.
3: It's been, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I th- I think the tides have, have begun to shift for me a bit where I started t- wearing these hats of writer, editor, kind of project manager, founder. So I do all those things as well. But in addition, I am an artist. I studied sculpture. Um, and my work is sort of a mixed media amalgam Um I I have been doing these projects where I'm building these elaborate sets out of wood and screen printing on them and creating these very pattern-dense environments and then placing models, sometimes nude models, uh, in the sets and then photographing them. So there's a sort of flattening of space that happens. Um, But honestly, in the last bit since being in L.A., I've been drawing and painting, and it's been lovely. I think a part of that has to do with just having my brain in this sort of clusterfuck of other things. And so I've, I've just been doing these very straightforward, um, more aesthetically driven experiments and drawings and paintings that I'm just trying to hash out the pattern and doing sort of screen print on paper and canvas and then painting in the negative space.
1: Huh. Um, so it's like you're bringing that, the kind of pattern yeah. things you were doing and the videos and uh bringing it into just the straight up two-dimensional yeah, space.
3: yeah but having said that i'm kind of itching to expand that again you know yeah. um i yeah for a bit i felt like i was in this rabbit hole of just going on and on in the project circle into the next thing and that was what was very exciting about that process for me that the photo becomes a sculpture becomes a performance becomes a video um but yeah so i had to kind of retreat for a second Retract the claws, do the little painting, and now I'm I'm itching to get back into some photo and performative work.
0: Great! Is there some place that people can see it? You have a website?
3: Yes, yes. Uh, Maiden name website, so it's Lindsay-Preston.com. L-A-N-D-S-A-Y-Preston.com. Yep. Studio work.
1: You're listening to the People on k Chunk 1630 AM. I'm
0: Matthew Timmons. And I'm Ben White. You can find us on iTunes by searching for The People Radio. Please take the time to subscribe, rate, and review the show.
1: We're hosted by Insert Blanc Press. Go to insertblancpress.net and click on The People at the top of the page to find out more.
0: Now let's return to our conversation with John Zane Zappas and Lindsay Preston Zappas. So, John, let's talk about your show, New
1: Statues, which is here at Outside Gallery. Literally, like, 30 feet from where we're recording this show right now. Absolutely. Um, Outside Gallery is a new project of Insert Blanc Press uh, in our side slash front yard outdoor space. Outside Gallery, it's outside. Where are we now?
2: Montecito Heights? Lincoln Heights? Lincoln Heights, yeah. In
1: Lincoln Heights, yeah. In the
2: Happy Valley. In Happy
1: Happy Valley,
2: yeah. New sculptures, yeah, for the use of uh, the, the community and the Happy Valley gang um no but to in all seriousness though so I did um uh, in the yard here I did enjoy spending the most of the month of January out there working and sort of being in this this specific place and and that I think informed a lot of the work that's there um and a lot like the one piece that you worked on quite yeah. a lot during the month of January is the mm-hmm. large four-person throne right it's this large cement um bench or throne. It's, yeah. it's maybe like a, you know, eight feet tall and eight feet wide. It's about a big you know, big thing that you sit on made out of cement. Um, but yeah, that's what I was spending my time working here. And Lindsay was actually helping me out as mm-hmm. well as our good mm-hmm. friend Trey Rising was helping us out as well. And we had a really great time spending uh, the basically a good chunk of the month of yeah. January in this neighborhood. It's an
3: amazing neighborhood. Yeah. It's
2: great. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan. Yeah, we watched the a lot of the plants develop in, as the rain came through and like a lot of plants were blooming and the Flowering. guy who sits across the street on his porch all day staring at me, you know, like <laughs> yeah. you know, we were really just people feeling... coming
3: in, telling John his art looks like a dick, and he's yeah. like, Okay, that's you know, you know it's it good. It does it does look it, like a
2: dick. It, it looks like a dick. Yeah. It's yeah.
3: a yeah. kind of dick, it's art. It's
2: sculpture. It's either gonna be um, one thing or one thing. It's gonna be a dick. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. So to to and fo- that
0: to focus it in a little bit more, um can you talk about like your your, your process of representation? Because I know yeah. I've, I've read some things that you've written.
2: Yeah. Like um, so why, the, why do they look like they look? That's a great question. That's probably the most pertinent question with any art. Um, but <laughs> yeah, they look like they look for a number of reasons. And I, I work heavily with materials and process, and I allow that sort of like a, 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 a back-and-forth relationship with um, the material or process that I choose. And so with this body of work, I was allowing this specific zone in Los Angeles in a greater sense to inform that. So I worked with um, cement and this bench piece existed in almost a Gallery of stucco where it's framed behind and on the side by two different stucco textures in this neighborhood in general in Los Angeles in in a larger sense that being the the adjacent house right yeah. and, exactly and the low the low wall right. that surrounds yeah. it are made out of these similar materials. different right. kinds right. of stucco and you right. never see stucco look the same twice I feel like which is something this that's is amazing so great to about me it. Um, so. Yeah, the the texture, the working materials. Also, in addition to the cement piece, there was a carved palm tree um, that was an ashtray. And so I found this this as a result of the expansion of the uh, expo line in Culver City. They <laughs> tore out a bunch of palm trees at this oh. um, business and turned it into a condo. And so I ended up finding some, some uh, material there. So a lot of the material is also scavenged and it has a relationship to the place in that way, too. So... Um. Yeah. That that was sort of like where a lot and, of that was coming from. And
1: you've done like uh, that ashtray piece. The the you you burnt it with a torch, so it's yes. black. But you've done like multiple ashtray pieces. That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is and I mm-hmm. can speak to kind that. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. This
2: this body of work Hashtag work too. vibes patrol. Hashtag vibes <laughs> patrol. Um, this body of work, the three sculptures that comprise the show, new statues, all have a sort of touchstone um, utilitarian object and being ashtray, throne, or bench. And then the third one is, is touching to either a flower or like a bird feeder. So, um, And that one is made out of carved particle board and regurgitated flaming hot cheetos mixed with elmer's glue um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. expound on that a little bit yeah yeah so don't just really lay that right out in. i won't You've breeze over it, it. i don't mean to <laughs> um and yeah just to talk about m- material for a second which is driving a lot of my decisions in the work um i like to sort of take a very democratic approach to materials and i like to use materials that are extremely cheap and available and maybe are not a uh, sort of sanctioned art material. Um, I sort of enjoy the improvisation of that and sort of working with something that provides resistance to your impulses and I find that to be a productive zone for making decisions about things. Mm-hmm. So the Flaming Hot Cheetos, um, I think it relates to this specific geographic zone of Southern California, but also like the United States at large and it's essentially an industrial waste product that is pumped through with a bunch of chemicals and color and et cetera. And I was just astounded at the color you could achieve with this material. And it's, it's basically take a, take a second yeah. to yeah. I don't think we said it. Uh, right, We're talking about a sculpture. I right. made a sculpture, and there's a base that is a pedestal. It's carved out of particle board. That's the
3: part that also looks like a peanut.
2: The top portion of the sculpture is, is an armature made out of plaster and fat fiberglass, and then it's coated in a mixture of regurgitated Flaming Hot Cheetos and Elmer's glue. Regurgitated by yourself, correct? Myself... And um, two or three bites. other people, this one. I've, Again,
3: Trey. This
2: is actually the fourth time I've made a piece of this <clears throat> nature. And this is the first time where I've invited other people to do some of the chewing and regurgitating. Um, he
3: actually went to a couple parties of our, our friends a, hoping yeah. that people, whilst drinking, might help him regurgitate these cheese. So to take the
0: <laughs> The response <laughs> was tepid.
4: Chew,
3: chew them <laughs> tepid.
0: up. Spit them out of the... After into maf, a bucket. After
2: masca- masticating. Masticating them, yes. Post- spit them into a receptacle. Correct. Yeah. Right. And then you would take that... Mix in Elmer's glue. Right. And then I sort of apply it to the surface of the armature, and mm. the result is an extremely searing red color. Searing. Right? And it's... It, I, I, in this point, um, and also for this show, you know, uh, being the, the work was all outdoor, I'm sort of... There's a collision course set up between... A, a sort of historical genre of outdoor sculpture and yard art, and I was interested in like those two things, like just sort of mashing up. So mm-hmm. the red color to me, and when we went first, we moved out to Michigan a few years ago to start graduate school. We were joking with a friend of ours, how frequently you see an arrangement of red eye beams in an area mm-hmm. of grass. <laughs> um, and this is resp- specifically joking about an artist named Mark DeSuvro yeah, who uh-huh. makes sculpture out of red eye beams. Um, and-,
3: and then several other kind of public art artists Tropes. have, have, have yeah. ripped so, off that style. It's, yeah, you know,
2: it's it's a little bit of a red joke metal on my part uh, about the color red in outdoor sculpture and um, the fact that I was able to achieve it by merely chewing up this industrial waste product.
3: But also, I got to say, I you know, you're talking about industrial waste and it sort of goes into this sort of industrial uh, food complex or something. I don't know if that's necessarily your interest though, and I'll say this from knowing John's process, I think more so you're just interested in the texture you can achieve from that and that you can, yeah, you can manipulate, yeah. you know, it's not so different from concrete or plaster. You can manipulate this material. You're interested in it for the pigment and the variation you can achieve. Absolutely. And and to that
2: point, um, I mentioned I've done four pieces that involve this process and, the first one was a mixture of blue corn tortilla chips and flaming hot Cheetos. And it achieved a sort of a, a a bodily purple color. Um, and then there was the the other one, which was a mixture of only blue and green fruit loops and popcorn. And so like the, the choices that I'm making, the foods that I'm choosing are all immediately serving formal qualities. And that's how I like to have the hierarchy set up. But, um, I am also very interested in in the fact that sure. just treating these things like I was talking about democratically, it's it's as if it is concrete, etc. You know, I think that of these things in the same way as just being material in the world mm-hmm. for me as the sculptor to engage with and you know uh, fold into the the work that I'm trying to make. So and so that that partially answers the the question I'm about to ask you, which is.
0: I hear, I hear a lot of people say, use the, the words material and process mm-hmm. a lot, yes. right? When they're talking about the way that they make their work. And to step back, everyone who makes work uses a process and uses materials, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Absolutely. We know this. Yeah. So when you say those things, mm-hmm. what, what do you mean? Is it just that it's an unconventional material mm-hmm. or an unconventional process or... or why would you, why would you say that when it's, Oh yeah, that's a great question. It is kind of obvious, I you know, appreciate that like question. I'm a painter, yeah. I use
2: paint and I use a process yes. to paint it. But...
3: And I use a paintbrush and that's my process. Exactly. Yeah. So,
2: sure. so <laughs> to me, there's a, there's folded into the whole thing is, um, sort of an ethos that I'm projecting through the way I choose the process and the materials. And it has a lot to do with, um, ad hoc decisions, improvisation, And when I say that these things are important to me, uh, what I mean is that um, going through and making the work, I I consider very intently where I'm sourcing materials. And I almost apply an an ethical, um, you know, sort of set of concerns to this, where I would prefer to not use materials that are toxic, that will harm the environment. I prefer to use things that are sourced locally, you know, and this just comes out from My own understanding of being... My art practice is an extension of me as a human being. And so I want to do things as a human that are positive, and I hope the artwork is positive. I hope the materials are... Am I going off on it? You're laughing at me. No, no,
3: no. No, no. I was just going to say that I think a lot of that is in response to John going to those places where he was using really intense toxic materials for some time, doing really hardcore uh, mold-making replications. Like resins and whatnot. Exactly. I actually
2: had an experience at a residency um, in Omaha, the Bemis Center for Contemporary Art, where... I was using some of this stuff in my studio, some casting plastics, et cetera. And um, I actually sent a, one of the other residents to the hospital because she had a developed allergy to this stuff. Because so she had really, used it previously. Yeah, and, and it an really, you know, and... it was a it was a stark experience for me where I was like, you know, if I'm going to make art my whole life, I'm not interested in it having any negative impact in the materials or what it represents. On other so, yeah. well, <laughs> I, you know, I totally yeah. get that because yeah. resin is... Toxic, absolutely, straight (gasps) up.
0: But I guess what I'd like to hear you talk about is then what because the Cheeto Frito Lay probably makes red hot Cheetos. Like that's that ethically. Mm. I don't know the Frito Corporation, but I'm just going to imagine, mm-hmm, of course. Mm-hmm. But they're not the most... The they're most... never going to sponsor no. the People yeah. podcast. There are absolutely <laughs> toxic
3: materials in yeah. Flaming in it, Hot well, Cheetos. In a bigger I mean,
0: picture.
1: What, right? I think, what I think is interesting about using Flaming Hot Cheetos is that, I mean, you know, you look at these kinds of things, like the ingredients list on these kinds of things, like not just Cheetos, but the Fruit Loops and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And what you're using and calling it an industrial waste product is... I. I like that as a gesture. Oh no, it's a joke. But it's yeah. also like it's it's completely <laughs> inaccurate, right? It's an it's a highly it's engineered a product, highly engineered yeah. very technical. You know, yeah. red lake, yellow number five, like blah yeah. blah blah. I and mean, that this is like starts
2: to become part of my interest with this too. And the yeah. reason that I've returned to it several times is that exact fact is not only can I just use this as a material in sort of a straightforward way, like I might use plaster or something, but I I'm just astounded that I can get the aesthetic result that I can with this thing that's intended for food consumption that is so insanely engineered. And with the Flaming Hot Cheetos in particular, as contrasted with some of the other things that I've used, like, the, like popcorn I was buying, just bags of pop popcorn from Trader Joe's with no additives, etc. The Flaming Hot Cheetos are significantly easier to chew and eat. And not only that, they... <laughs> <laughs> they trigger some really oh, intense mechanisms in your body that are yeah. undeniable. Yeah, they're a salt your... orgasm. That's yes. why. That's the why salivation it, cycle it, yeah. is absolutely also, unbelievable. I will say yeah.
3: this from my experience of, of chewing two handfuls total. Uh-huh. Um, you. You don't want to spit it out. And so what John's doing of chewing it, it's engineered to force your body to want it more and swallow and it's consume. It's very difficult to and spit out. And so to, to then, yeah. you know, masticate and, and then spit it out. It's difficult. Very
2: difficult to spit out because you want to eat it? Well, because it's your just body... A yeah. it's, it's a It's right. a
3: weird kind of mouth. And they do
2: this thing. thing. They're called Flaming Hots, but though I, I mean, I, for our listeners, I don't know if everyone has tried these items, but... Um, <laughs> They're actually I think it's nationwide. Yeah, yeah. it's a, and and it's actually a it's a very phenomenon. imperialistic like flavor, which also interests me about it. It's like branching over to Funyuns, you know, it's taking over the snack kingdom, and that I you know want to raise awareness for that too. Um, I don't want a flavor monoculture at all. So, um, but with the Flaming Hots, it's uh, really just fascinating the way that it's engineered to make you want to keep eating it, and like that's what it, you're. I'm responding to with what Lindsay was saying is yeah. like yes, it it. It is designed the flavor is not actually spicy. It has a it's flash like of like vinegar spice and then it recedes very quickly and immediately you want to eat more. And, and that is an intentional thing in the way that these things are put together. And so yeah, that that is a definite interest in wanting to work with that. So how does that oh man, do we have enough time?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, let's roll with it. Conceptually, but like how then then what am I what am I looking at? With that with that idea of that, that that corporate engineering of this flavor to make you orgasm in your mouth mm-hmm. and just keep buying more Flaming Hot Cheetos. Well, yeah. and, and turning
1: then, it into, like, a, a... I mean, if I can do a quick, like, conceptual rundown of yeah, that yeah, piece, yeah. which may be totally wrong. You're probably right. But propping it up on particle board, like, phallic objects. And you put a flower on top, which is, like... You know, it's basically just a flower is the reproductive organs entirely. The Flaming Hot Cheetos, as you're saying, it's like the point of it's like you can never eat just one. The point of those kinds of snack things is just so you eat one. And it's a reproductive moment in your mouth, you know. It's like (laughs) I ate one. I want, like, I want six more. I want, I want a whole bag more every day for the rest. You know, it's 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 it's, a that's one. It's a highly, it's like a highly developed. But then to put it on top of that particle board, like the a kind of you know very. crap industrial product as well right I and i can is, sort of
2: link through that yeah you, you know yeah. like building off that yeah I, I draw i'm drawn to materials also the particle board is another example this is an industrial product it's like not necessarily considered to be a material worth working with when you're considering making something of aesthetic value um but yet i'm drawn to its aesthetic product properties and um it too like the like the Flaming Hot Cheetos is sort of um, refuse from an industrial complex. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I like taking something that has it's a high, low thing, you know, getting with something that has no um, value in terms of society in this specific light and then working with it and changing it in a way like somehow then it suddenly has a different meaning. And so that, like you said, take it's basically Flaming Hot Cheetos, particle board, bringing them together in an arrangement where suddenly those two relatively worthless things in, in the eyes of society have something else going on, which is worth sitting maybe and contemplating. And I think that is the sort of the crux of what I want to achieve with, with making work. You know? and,
3: and in the end, it's a formal sculpture as well. I feel yeah, like that yeah. is informing. I mean, it's all this conversation we're talking about. but it works as a formal object i think that's super important to john
2: that's the that that's one of the you know tenets of what i'm doing is that formal sculpture and um you know a conceptual practice are not mutually exclusive i want them to be sort of existing at the same time i think you should be able to look at something and revel in its beauty and wonder and also be deeply troubled by its uh, conceptual underpinnings, or maybe not troubled, but at least engaged in that way.
0: Well, John and Lindsay, thank you for joining us on The People. Thank, thank you, you so guys much. so much. Thanks so yeah. much for it's having It's been a
3: pleasure. Us.
0: You've been listening to The People on K-Chunk, 1630 AM. Our theme
1: music is Okphif by Lewis Keller. You can find us on iTunes by searching for The People Radio. Please take the time to subscribe, rate, and review the show.
0: Or you can go to insertblankpress.net and click on The People at the top of the page.
1: We're going to go out with a song from the band Writer from a forthcoming untitled album. You can find out more about the band at writertheband.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-R. And the name of the song is Art Fair.